Welcome to the Life Community Church Podcast. We are so excited and thankful you've decided to join us. We have a very special message for you today that we pray blesses you. Morning. I'd like to say that it's good to be back. That might be a lie, so I'm not going to say that. No, no, it is good to be back. It's always great to go off, you know, it's, you enjoy getting away. We were gone last week. We went to, uh, we went on a cruise. We flew out to L.A. We missed the storm both ways, uh, so that worked out well. We, and so we took the love boat cruise, you know, from uh, uh, Cabo and Mazatlan, Puerto Vallarta. It's cool. We got to do some whale watching which a lot of that happened up on the buffet, you could see. <clears throat> that's mean, wasn't it? Yeah. That's people watching me, probably. <laughs> people talking about me. So we had a great time, and uh, Tim and Lauren are gone this week. So now, you know, we, it's hard for us to both be gone at the same time. So Tim and Lauren are gone this week. They're gone on spring break, and they're in Galveston uh, on a cruise. So we're... Uh, you know, we're back. We're glad to be back. I heard, heard a lot of fantastic reports about Johnny and that he was going to take my place. So, you know, hey, I'm okay with that. So it's good to be back. Good to have you here. And thank you so much for being here today. We're talking about, we talked about a couple of weeks ago about the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about experiencing God as a series that I'm in right now. I want to talk about experiencing God for a couple of weeks I want you to pray about something. I'm working on, we're working on a series that's going to be coming uh, in the fairly near future. Uh, we were, elders and I, we we're praying about it, thinking about it, talking about it. And so we're working on a series about how do we deal with, in a, in a loving Christian right way, how do we deal with woke culture? I know you all got quiet like, oh, okay, well, so, so you know, that's a pretty touchy subject, isn't it? There's a lot of, uh, it's, it's like treacherous waters. So we're going to, but, but I feel like we need to, there's just some things we need to talk about. And we talk about what the Bible says about a lot of things. And we need to understand how important God's word is to us as a guide and whether or not we view it and why we should view it as truth. You know, is God's word truth? And if God's word is truth, if it's not truth, then basically what are we doing here? <laughs> right? If God's word's not true, I'm not hanging out here anymore. Uh, you know. But if God's word is true, then that that makes some difference. It makes a lot of difference in how we, not how everybody else is gonna live, but how we're gonna live. So that's an aside. Just be praying about that. Uh, because there's a lot of opportunities for me to, you know, really uh, stick my foot in my mouth. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Okay. Romans chapter 8. We're talking about being filled with the Spirit. What does it mean? Romans 8.1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We talked mostly two weeks ago about there's no condemnation. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. 
That, that's a powerful verse. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh. The law's not weak, but we're not weak. We can't keep it. God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. So the completion, the, the requirement, the meeting of the law is fulfilled in us through Christ. But those who are according to the Spirit... No, wait, wait, wait. I missed something. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh... But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. It does not subject itself to the law of God, for it's not even able to do so. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh. But in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. That is you know, as we talked about last week, Romans chapter 8 is kind of like the culmination. It's the climax of the Bible. These verses are powerful verses, every one. Uh, and they, each one of them is a sermon. As a matter of fact, I have preached a sermon on each one of these verses as we went through Romans last year on our Wednesday night program. So there's a couple of things we need to get a hold of this. This is so powerful. As we're talking about the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit that I think we, we just struggle with comprehending the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So first of all, I want you to get this. The, the Holy Spirit is God. He's not lesser than God the Father or lesser than God the Son. The Holy Spirit is God. In, just in Romans 8 and 9, however, you're not of the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So we see here, just in these few verses, the names of the Holy Spirit are spirit, spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, Spirit of him who raised Jesus, his spirit, they are, they're all interchangeable. Jesus says the same thing in John 14 when he's talking about the ministry of the spirit. He, spe he says, the spirit will come to you. He says, I will come to you. And he says, I and the father will come to you. So which is it? It's all of it. <laughs> it's not either or, it's all. So we have here this a picture, just a little glimpse. We have a glimpse of a picture of what we call the doctrine of the Trinity. Now, the Trinity is not a Bible word. It's not, it's not a word that, you know, there's not a dictionary, there's not a definition of the Bible. This is what the Trinity is. But the Trinity is a word that we use to try to explain to the, our best of our ability the complexities 
of who God is and who he is, has revealed himself to be. So we have this picture that God is one God. You don't have three gods, but he exists in three distinct persons that are distinct but in perfect unity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are so much one. They are so one that when one comes, they all come. Who is the Holy Spirit? R.C. Sproul in his book on the Holy Spirit said this. Holy Spirit, uh, R.C. Sproul was a great, one of our great theologians that's gone on to be with the Lord. As Christians, we embrace a historic formula about God's being. We say God is one in essence and three in person. God is a trinity. There are three persons within the Godhead. These persons are understood as distinct characters. The differences among the three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, are real differences, but not essential differences. Because God is a trinity, God is a triune God, a unity, a trinity within a unity, he has always existed God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in eternal relationship. The Father loving the Son and the Holy Spirit, and the Son loving the Father and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit loving the Son. In other words, God eternally has existed in this loving relationship, and this loving community, I believe that this is the reason why we exist. We exist because God existed in relationship in, in eternity. There's another way for us to, we can't wrap our minds around this, but just think of it this way. In eternity past, eternity is not a long time. Eternity is the absence of time. God doesn't exist in time. He exists, he permeates time, but he's not in any way limited by time. God is eternal and everlasting. So from everlasting to everlasting, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is existed in this relationship. And out of relationship, they desired to share what they experienced with us. They desired to take the love that they had for each other. And isn't that what love does? I mean... You have children as an expression of your love. You're, you, you have children because you think, we, you know, we, we, wanna, we don't want it just to be an us. We want to build a family. And you don't need children. But you can certainly delight in them. And they can certainly drive you crazy, but that's a whole other thing. And haven't we at times driven God, if God could go crazy. So God, out of, that, out of that loving relationship, that loving community, is the reason he created us, because the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit wanted to share their love. So in doing so, God created the universe. So God himself comes and lives inside of us. Think about that. That is, that is bizarre. Have you thought about that? I mean, we make, we, don't we make this claim? Invite Jesus into your heart? We, 
we, we, we believe this. We believe that God himself takes up residence within us, that God lives in us. Romans 8, 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is, this is an incredible claim. There is no religion in the world that makes this claim. Did you know that? I mean, think of the Eastern religions. If we think of Buddhism or Hinduism, that you, you might possibly through, your, through karma reincarnate and instead of going into uh, your spirit, going into somebody else, your spirit would become part of the, the, the universe, the, the, the force, the spirit of the world. But God doesn't come to you. God doesn't make his home in you. Even Judaism, even, even certainly not Islam, you, you, you may at some point, at some time when you die, go to be with God. But this is incredible. Jesus came so that God in the spirit could come to us. It's, a, it's an incredible claim that he dwells in you, that we have this incredible gift that the spirit takes up permanent residence within us. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is a he and not an it. We see this here in the text. The Holy Spirit is not some force. I think the old King James Version doesn't help much because the old King James Version referred to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. And we're like, what does, you know, if you're a, if you're a first-time Bible reader and you have no idea what that is referring to, that's, that's kind of creepy, right? The Holy Ghost, what, the, there's, this, there's this disembodied spirit. Jesus in John 14, which we've been looking at as we were talking about the spirit in the previous weeks, he says, I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he, not it, he, may be with you forever. How, how long? Forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. The, the day of Pentecost is the celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit to dwell in them. And I think, so we, we, we struggle with this because Joel says, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then we read where Paul says in Ephesians, be filled with the spirit. And I think we tend to think of the spirit not as a he, not as a person moving in, but we tend to think of it almost like a quantity of a substance that, you know, I've got a quart of the Spirit, but I need a gallon. That I need to be more filled than I am. I, need, I don't have all that I need. I, I need more, but I don't have enough. 
And I don't think that's what it means when it talks about now be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, and don't get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. It's foolishness. It's a waste. But be filled with the Spirit. The word filled is a present progressive. It is an active word. It means to be continually filled. And so we would we think of that, how do I, we, we, so we're, we get back to the liquid analogy, right? We think about being filled with a liquid. Uh, how do we get filled? Uh, and it's also, it's an active word. It's also a command to be filled. So when you get drunk with wine, which cells of your body are affected? All of them. Every cell, every single one, from your brain cells to your feet cells. And your brain cells are actually the ones that are affected first. When you drink alcohol, this is what it says uh, in the National Institutes of Health, and we can believe everything they say. You don't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> A little sarcasm there. When you drink alcohol, you don't digest alcohol. It's just absorbed in your body. It passes quickly into your bloodstream and travels to every part of your body. Alcohol affects your brain first, then your kidneys, your lungs, and your liver. So the Holy Spirit comes in to permeate our existence. This is not like a, it's not like a liquid. I need to be more filled. It's that I need to be more influenced. I need it to permeate every sphere of my existence. I need it to be not so much a quantity, but recognizing as a person. Not to be just with us, which is great, but to live in us, which is better. You know, when someone comes to live with you, it makes a big difference. Uh, if someone comes to live with you, there's going to be some changes. Uh, Tina's mom came and lived with us for a number of years, I think seven years or so. And uh, it was a change. Rooms were rearranged so that there would be room for her to have her own bedroom. Uh, Logan, my youngest, and Willie, we called her Mama, uh, they shared a bathroom, which was interesting. Uh, she would, she would bang on the, the door and say, what are you doing in there? Get out of there. Nobody needs to take that long of a shower. Uh, she also called him skunky butt, uh, which she ended up, he ended up calling her, which was actually accurate on both counts. So uh, breakfast changed. Mama loved breakfast. She cooked breakfast. She would, you know, she would... Uh, she would say, you look hungry. I don't know what that look is, but uh, you look hungry. So she would cook breakfast. She had bacon every day, and uh, she did not have any dementia when she died, so I believe that bacon is the cure for dementia, so eat lots of bacon today. Your brain is made of fat, by the way, some of, more than others, but, uh, but it, she cooked a big breakfast every day, uh, 
and if other people got up at different times, she would cook again. She was, she was not against second breakfast. She might have been a hobbit. I don't know. She also, but, it, you know, we had to think about her. So, you know, when, when it started, she would go to bed before we would go to bed. So, you'd have to, so you're having to rearrange your life a little bit. You're thinking, I'm, <clears throat> we're going to have to turn the TV down. Her bedroom's right here. We don't want to wake her up. And, uh, and she didn't sleep well at night, mainly because she slept a lot during the day. But, but th- that was a real issue, and, you, and that's a real issue as you get older is your sleep. Uh, she, she had an unbelievable servant's heart. She worked, she, she loved doing laundry. I don't know if she loved doing laundry, if she just acted like she loved doing laundry. But she, we, when mama lived with us, she kept every bit of laundry clean all the time, every day. We never gave it a thought. It was amazing. She was so helpful in that area. She was, she just had a servant's heart. When I would walk into a room and she was sitting in a chair, she would say, Randy, do you want this chair? It was like, yes, old woman, you get up out of the chair and I'll take it from you. I said, no, just, there's, the room was full of chairs, but she wanted me to have hers. And if she was reading the paper, which, you know, we, you know, back in the olden days, we had, it was, it was this pieces of paper that had stuff written on them. And we would read that. It was cool. And she loved reading the paper. And if I walked into the room, she would say, you want this? You want this part of the paper? She just had, the, just had a servant's heart. She just, she just wanted to serve. That was just her mentality. That's the way she served. That was her heart. Uh, and a new person in the home, if you, if you have somebody live with you, or even when somebody visits, I don't know if you've noticed this, but not only will things change, but someone else may come into your house and they'll see things that you're living with that you haven't noticed. You can live with stuff so long that you don't, like right now in our kitchen, there's a patch in the ceiling that needs to be totally finished out, it needs to be taped and bed and textured and painted. It's patched and it was patched about two years ago. And you know, the only time I'm aware of it and I think about it is when somebody visits the house. Do you know, you have any of those? You, so you, you don't even think about it. You don't think, oh, oh, this dingy carpet. You're living with it every day. But somebody's come over to visit you. You think, oh, this carpet is, oh, this floor is so messed up. Oh, you know, oh, you're, I'm so embarrassed. You, you think about it. So it's different when somebody comes in. So God the Holy Spirit, think of it this way, has come to make his home in us, in you. And it's not a quantity thing. As so much as it is an open door thing, it's allowing him to permeate every area of your, especially your mind. I mean, where is he going to operate? He's going to operate within your mind. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's, it's allowing, it's yielding, it's saying yes to the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is saying yes to the Holy Spirit. It's surrendering to the Holy Spirit and allowing him the right and authority to go into every room in the house, every corner of your mind, every cranny of your life, 
and do what needs to be done. Those closed off areas, those nooks and crannies and hurts and, and unforgiveness and wounds and things that we've, we've closeted away, th- that's where the Holy Spirit longs to come and bring light and freedom and victory. When we are let him into every room of the house. Logan, my youngest, uh, and Zach, who, who often plays the drums, he didn't day, but Zach, who often plays the drums, they do paintless dent repair. And so they love it when it hails. It's money in their pocket. They're praying for hell. And along, I think there's a prayer that the roofers and the, the dent people get together and have a prayer meeting uh, for it to hail. Uh, but What's, what's amazing to me is I've watched him work. Uh, Zach is, is amazing. He's one of the best in the business. And Logan, they've been doing it for a long time. And they can see a dent that you can't see. They can even see a dent that's been repaired that you can't see or I can't see. Because they've, they've so trained their eye to do that that, that, they, can't, that they can see so they can fix it, they can remove it. And the Holy Spirit comes and does that in our life. He comes to help us see what we can't see. It's, it's a blind spot. It's, a, it's difficult for us. Lauren uh, uh, has her interior design degree from North Texas. And she worked for an architectural firm uh, in Austin that was building in Austin Apple's, Apple's new offices, headquarters for that area in Austin. And the buildings are incredible. And Apple, who has very deep pockets and lots of money, was paying for the very best and highest level of finish. So they hire an architectural firm. An architectural firm is operating between the between the owner, Apple, and the contractor that has bid the job according to the plans. And so the, the architectural firm is in the middle and they are ensuring that the contractor is building for the client what the plans have detailed. Now, construction is a messy business and it's, it's, it's hard to be precise and exact, but that's exactly what the thing was is Apple had paid premium prices. They expected a, a one number one finish. So Lauren's job was to go into the, go in there, walk the job daily. And if she saw something that was not according to the design specs, she was supposed to point it out which doesn't make you popular. It makes you popular with the owner, but not popular with the contractor, right? So they called her Eagle Eye, among other things, uh, when she was around. She's a woman in a mostly man's world, and uh, she would walk around and say, and she was really good at this, she could, take a, she could take a 35-foot tape and put a piece of blue tape on the end of it and put it up on the ceiling and say, see that right there? You've got to fix that. How do you even see that? She walked in one day. They'd put in, they had, they'd put in the furniture, Her, Miller, Herman Miller furniture. I don't know if you, Herman Miller office furniture, very expensive. 
and they'd put in all, all these desk panels, decorative desk, desk panels. And Lauren just said, she's looking at me, she said, those aren't the same color. I said, ah, sure, they're the same color. They're, they have to be the same color. They're the same color. She said, no, they're, 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 they're not the same color. And eventually, they recognized that they weren't the same color. And Herman Miller furniture came and removed all of those and threw them in a dumpster because they had had a robot at the factory that was mispainting. And everybody was going to let it go. When, if you're buying Herman Miller furniture, you don't want to let it go. You're paying for the highest level. And that, that was just her job. And, and, <laughs> and she loved that. And she was very good at that. The Holy Spirit is just patiently moving us towards the level of finish that Jesus paid for on the cross. You understand what, what the Holy Spirit is doing? The Holy Spirit is moving us towards what Jesus paid for. And what Jesus paid for is that we, we would be like him. And he is going to finish what he started. 2 Corinthians 3.17, I love this. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we, all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed to the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is transforming us as we we're looking almost like at a mirror of the Lord, and he's moving us towards what it's like to be just like Jesus. But I want you to remember this. How do we begin this chapter, Romans 8.1? There is, therefore, now, not, wait, not when I get to heaven and I am perfect, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So there's now no condemnation. So you need to remember that. So the Holy Spirit is moving us towards perfection. We're not there. Paul said, I don't, I don't count myself as having attained it, but I'm pressing toward the high calling of, in Christ Jesus. He said, I'm moving towards it. I'm not there. He said, so the Lord is moving us. The Holy Spirit is gently, but he doesn't condemn us. It's never done with condemnation. It's not done with shame. It's not done with guilt. If you feel shame and guilt, it is not the Holy Spirit. He convicts us, but he doesn't condemn us. What's the difference? Well, condemnation is an accusation. Condemnation is, is the work of the accuser of the brethren. He wants to condemn you. You'll never change. You're, you always say you're sorry, but you're not sorry because you do it again. Condemnation says you are bad. Conviction recognizes that the behavior is bad, not you. You know the difference? In other words, the Holy Spirit will convict you. He'll say, you need to not do this. 
It's a gentle hand that's leading us out of darkness and into the light. You might understand this analogy better if you have a toddler. If you have a toddler, they will have dirty diapers. Right? And they're, you know, it's not, it's not when they're like we're being breastfed and you're changing that diaper. It's not that bad. But then, then they, they start eating regular food. They're toddlers. And it's like changing a grown-up's diaper. And they have dirty diapers. And, and the dirty diaper is disgusting. <laughs> right? But they're not the toddler. The toddler's not disgusting. But in their immaturity and lack of understanding, they will often fight you about getting the diaper changed because they don't want to stop. They don't want to submit. They don't want to yield. They don't want what, who knows what's going on in their minds. It's like, you know, they're walking around with a softball in their britches and, <laughs> and they don't want to give it up. And it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And it's just as crazy when we're carrying around stuff, sin, that the Holy Spirit is just gently saying, hey, let's deal with that. What, what do you, that stinks. You don't stink. You're my treasure. I love you. You're precious. But that stinks. Let's get rid of it. Do you see how the Holy Spirit was just gently, he's, he's navigating us through the stuff, through our life, so that we can deal with it. And we've all heard the Holy Spirit just gent- gently prodding us. This just not condemnation, but conviction. Hey, you need to stop this. Hey, you don't need to do this. You don't need this glass of wine at the end of the day to cope. You don't need mommy juice. You've got something better. You don't have to have it. If you have to have it, you don't need it. You need to let this go. The Holy Spirit ever said that to you? You need to let this go. It's time for you to let this go. It's time for you to let this hurt go. It's time for you to let this unforgiveness go. It's time for you to let the pain of your past continue to define your present. It's time to let it go. And he he, he loves us. He's not doing it with condemnation. He's doing it totally out of love, just as you would lovely say to your toddler, this is a mess. Let's Let's deal with this. You don't slap him around to deal with it. He just loves us. He's our advocate. We have an advocate with the Father. And this, this is great because we, not only do we have the Holy Spirit's our advocate, Jesus is our advocate. And then who do you think sent those advocates? 
we have an advocate. We have a helper. He's, Jesus said, I'm going to send you another helper. He said, I'm going to give you another comforter. Someone who's going to come alongside you and be with you. The Holy Spirit just said, just, you know, just let me in every room. Let me in every room. Every room will be better. Every area of your mind, if you will just yield everything, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit into every nook and cranny of your life. Invite Him into your marriage and into your finances and into your parenting and into your job and just everything. Just, just, just yield it. Not a fight. Not, oh, I'm going to give it up. But trust Him. He's come to live in us because He's got a, he's got a goal. He was going to take us to eternity. He's going to take us to be with Him. And when He does that, we are finally completely going to be completely perfect because the work will be finished. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. All right. Come Holy Spirit. Have you just prayed that in your life? Come Holy Spirit. I need you. Come Holy Spirit. Your God And the incredible thing is that you have chosen me and chosen to live in me is amazing. It's amazing grace at its finest that before the foundation of the world, you had a purpose and a plan that I would know and experience your love in such a way that it would transform me eternally to be like you. So, Father, I... I say, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to be filled. I want you in every room. I want you to notice every patch of the ceiling that needs to be fixed. Everything that I need to stop and everything that I need to start, that you've been so gentle with us, Lord. Not demanding, not condemning, but lovingly leading us out of darkness into light. Lord, we just say, just say that. Father, I submit myself to, in the name of Jesus. I need the fullness of the Spirit. Would you just admit that? I need the fullness. Every nook and cranny, every dark corner, every place that I'm trying to hide, I need to give it all to you, Lord. I ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, thank you so much. I love you. So glad to be back. So glad to be back with you. This has been the Life Community Church Podcast. Thank you for listening.